Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is recorded on Noongar land. We'd like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and their elders who are listening today. We respect their spiritual relationship with their country. Have you ever wondered exactly what it is that that married man found so appealing about paying for it? Or watched the murder doco and thought, how can that monster's mother still love him? Welcome to To Be Frank, the show that invites you to step inside the world of Constance Hall as she explores the most interesting topics and people from all over the world with no BS, no filter. Now your host, Constance Hall and co-host, Claudia McLeod. Hello and welcome to another episode of To Be Frank with Constance Hall and Claudia. We're joined by a really, really good friend of mine that I don't speak to or see anywhere near as much as I'd love to. You, you may recognise mm-hmm. the name, Miss Cassandra Thornburn. Hi, ladies. How are you? Here I am. Great to see you. It's so good to have you on. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. When Con sent me a message, I was like, yeah, no. And then I was like, oh, you know, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, I guess most people always want to talk to you about the goss and all that kind of stuff. The reason I wanted to talk to Cass today, guys, is because I've been having such a breakdown with the media lately. I think it's obvious if you look at our podcasts that I'm really deep diving how the media is controlling the narrative of everything. Who knows media better than you, Cass? Like, how many years did you work in the media? I started in the media when I was 13 because my dad was had a community radio station. So I started really young, you know, like, and he had a newspaper. This is what people don't understand. I was in the media, learning about the media and having a family who were in the media for a really long time, even before I met my ex-husband, you know, like they all talk about that part of it. But, you know, I come from a media background, so it's been a large part of my life for a really long time. You were born mm. into it. Yeah. Yeah, my dad was a newsreader and then he was newspapers and so, yeah, yeah, had a lot of it. Yeah, and then when you were in the previous marriage, you were still working in the media during that time, weren't you? Yeah, I worked for a long part of it and then we went to LA and I still was actually working, doing interviews when we were in LA. Like people just don't understand or it's not been the narrative. Like we're saying, the media don't put the narrative out there. They put me as the stay-at-home mum of three children, not the narrative that that was, yes, mm. the situation would be separated, but it's not, that's not my whole story. That's not who I am. Being able to just say what you want in the media and get away with it, for me, it's a difficult one. You know, it's a very difficult one for me to come to grips with and it's why I don't do any media anymore and stepped out of it completely. So having spent so many years in the media, this is something that I find fascinating. And then coming to this stage in your life and wanting absolutely nothing to do with it. What are your reasons for that? Well, I guess there was a lot of reasons behind it. Part of it was the way I was 
presented by the media. They designed the narrative. And even if I did try to say something, it would be taken out of context or part of it would be used. I'm not able to do or defend myself anyway. But I also worked and grew up in the media when there was no social media. The way it's done today, one minute they talk about the fact that social social media is like the glossy side of someone's life, right? Then the next minute they take that same glossy thing and they try and say that that's the person. It's like you can't have it both ways. You can't say yep. social media is the bossy side of someone's life because, of course, it is. It's like one second. A photo is like one second out of 24 hours, out of seven days, out of a month, out of a year. Then the media look at a post and they then start writing what they define or what they decide that post is about. It's like, mm. really? That's not journalism. And then do you find if you do defend yourself, you're portrayed in another way as well? Like, so it's almost like a, you can't win? Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I really felt like I was in a no, not that it was a competition, but I felt like I know who I am, my friends know who I am, my children, who are the most important part of the whole, what you know, what, what happened. Yeah, they know. They're the most important people in this and they know exactly who their mum is. And yeah. I started to just think, you know what, so be it. Doesn't matter mm, to me, mm, you know, like it's not. Mm. Nothing else really matters. I meet people every day. And people your people know. Yep. Yeah, and people are always surprised. They're always like, oh my God, you're, you know, like you're cool. Oh God, that's how I was, Cass, because for those of you that don't know, I'm sure a lot of you do, but me and Cass actually met on Dancing with the Stars. Around the time when we did that, Cass like was a huge name. I mean, it it was all that was on the fucking media was, you know, Cass Thornburn, Cass Thornburn, Cass Thornburn. And I was like, oh my God, how did they get her for Dancing with the Stars? That's amazing. Huge. But the media was portraying her to be this sort of like really angry, like bitter. Blonde woman. Yeah. And I was, I knew that that wasn't true because I, I'm not naive, but I was at least expecting someone who was going to be quite protected boundaries up and didn't have time for you know a little mommy blogger from Perth and then when I met Cass she was a bigger party animal than anyone else on this show. <laughs> she was like oh my god she was up for anything we're like yeah let's do this, let's do this. and me and her bosses as if we were 18 like we were, <laughs> we're making all the dancers come and party with us that's true Cass it's so cool yeah. yeah it was the actual opposite like Cass what? <laughs> yeah, they, I don't think they wanted to see that. So they didn't want to see this woman who's just living her best life yes. and is so happy and has gotten a lot out of being divorced. <laughs> is you know because it doesn't work, it doesn't fit with them. It doesn't fit with the narrative. You know, there's the whole like yep. you just use those terms like the bitter ex-wife, the scorned woman, blah blah blah. What's the terminology for men in that? There's never been one. They don't so talk true. about the oh, scorned ex-husband. It's but like you know, stalker ex-husband. Yeah, that ends up like with DV yeah. charges and being and VROs. Yeah, but there's not a scorned ex-husband. The terminology that's used by society is what feeds into all of that, and that once again is what we're talking about—the power of the media to make terms mm. part of our vernacular. Yeah, because you're you not going to see any clicks by going ex-wife who's actually really happy that the marriage has fallen yeah. apart and is now feels free to be, be who she wants to be yep. and who she wants to That's do. So no yeah, well, I, had the one, I had the one, one of my friends, you know, a gay, gay friend of mine, male, 
he um like he was the first one back then it was the headline was something like Cass is dating again I was having you know I had lunch with my mate like I've literally known him since we were I don't know 21 he's like wow he, he goes I've gone from being gay to like dating Carl's ex-wife like, <laughs> that's a big jump for me story out. yeah such a large part of who you are I think it's 90% of the conversations that you have are about you as a mother and your kids mm. like your relationship with your children yeah. is so incredible especially considering they're teenagers and I'm now learning that having a strong relationship with teenagers isn't easy mm -hmm. you're a mother and and a really involved one but you just don't really read about that do you you don't go like cast Thorn yeah, being a yeah. fucking great mum again and again and again. And there's nothing wrong with being that. Yes, I've come now I'm working full time again. I've come full circle with all of that. But I always was going to. When my kids got old enough, that was what I was going to do anyway. Like their headline would be, oh, she's gone back to work because she got divorced. So it's like <laughs> I literally just stopped doing any media because what would be the point? You know what I mean? This is the like, thing you can't win. There was a po I posted something at one of my jobs. That's what annoyed me when I saw you were working full-time as a dental nurse. I did. I posted that, but I'd been working for three years at that point. And they, then they took that post and went, see, I'd already been working for three years. Like, I was like, wow. I felt like they were trying to kind of say, like, now Cass has to work full time because I've known you for all this time and I've known people that have worked with you. I know you've had book deals thrown at you. I know you've had podcasts thrown at you. You've had so much opportunity to be mm. still working in the public eye if mm. that's wanted but you have like actually decided no I want to live this life and I want to be out of the public eye mm. and annoyed me that they kind of tried to act as if you would have you doing this because you didn't you were forced to do it not because you wanted to yeah. Yeah. more than five years ago that I started working first I went into the homeless children sector which was great but I had children I was a single mum, mm. so I kind of went oh this is yeah. a lot then during COVID when we're all at home and they were all doing school at home I was like oh man I, I need to get out of here so then I was like what job can you do during COVID and get out and yeah. carer. so I became a carer then yeah. I then I wanted to know you know I'm all about learning at this stage in my life I'm like I've realized that like I didn't have the same opportunities that my children have which I'm grateful for they've got private schooling and they've got all this knowledge coming at them now like it's amazing what they learn about. Schooling wasn't so like true. that. For it's us, so, you know? there's like, so much more than what we had. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. so good. You know, we, we did, you know, you did English, math, science, and like, I don't know, the most left field subject might have been, you know, an art class or, you know, legal studies if you're, you were lucky enough for your school to offer it. But now it's like, design and technology there's like you know it's incredible the things that you offer and exploring different ways to get to different careers because it's not it's you know there's so many different ways to make money and, and have jobs now yeah yeah and I want to I want to go with that I wanted to try a few different things and you know see what I what I learn and I've learned so much mm, and I'm mm. loving it you know really loving it I don't know if the heat is off you, but it sort of may have subsided a little bit. And we're now seeing that yeah. your children are copying, yeah. you know, stories. I saw a story recently about your beautiful 
daughter and it was such a misrepresentation of who she is. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was really disappointed about that because it's almost like as soon as they turn as soon 18, as they can, like, first of all, the media get wrong. They call them, you know, they would say they were 11 and 13 for about five years. You know, like even, you know, Willow would be turning 17 and they'd be saying in the media she was still 13 because they cut and paste the story from what, you know, they don't check anything. They just cut and paste it. But as soon as she was 18, to them it's open slather, right? She gets into university in the UK and they look at her social media and decide, Oh, you know, she's like any eighteen-year-old girl. She's in her, she's in her bikini. She's dressing up to go clubbing, living her best life as you should. That's be her right as a young woman. Yeah, yeah, it's not her every day. You know, she worked so hard in HSC. She got the most outstanding improvement award. Like she, her ATAR from the predicted to what she got was the highest at the school. She did. She really wanted the course that she found no 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 because you want the bikinis and that she's i don't know said. you know exactly yeah. you know um, why isn't there a story about yeah, that but she she was at private school in sydney show me how many private school kids in sydney worked a part-time job all the way through hsc my daughter did mm. but she's the one that you're writing saying oh she what did they say they said something about she spends her time between sydney and new so i don't know how they worded it but they made out Oh. They made out like she was just living like a, yeah. you know, yeah. like she was just living her best life, uh, like Paris Hilton right. type. She worked 60 hours a week when she finished HSC wow. at two jobs to save money to go to university in the UK. She got into a course that had a 20% acceptance rate. But what do you want to say about her? You want to say that, you know, she's like, no, that's not the reality and you don't even ask. It's, you know, it's not right. Like, you shouldn't be able to how, how did she feel about it, Cass, when the when the article came out? Well, what she, mm. what, when it did come out, I she did say to me, it'll be gone tomorrow. And she's right, you know, it'll be gone tomorrow. That didn't happen to me. Like, at the time I kept thinking it'll be gone tomorrow and I kept getting, you know, like Con said, like I was everywhere because they were following me everywhere, like, I kept thinking it'll be gone tomorrow, it'll be gone tomorrow. So I think my what happened to me in that when that story about Willow was there, I was like, oh my god, I'm now gonna. But you might have had a bit of a trauma response. Yeah, absolutely. And I did have trauma from that. Con, like, I remember like standing at a butcher's one day and the the butcher asking me what I wanted, and I spotted the pat taking photographs of, of me around the corner, and I burst into tears. I was sobbing, and the butcher's looking at me like. Getting your meat. At the butcher. And the butcher's, and I'm like, I can't believe I have such anxiety. Can't even go down and get your chicken thighs. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so awful. Like, so awful. And then I thought, going to the stars, by the way, Con, I did it because I needed a car. I didn't have a car. So I did Dancing with the Stars because they said, what do you do? I don't have a car. I've got three kids. And I don't have a car. And they were like, okay. That's why I did Dancing with the Stars. And I bought my friend's second-hand car. To get a car. <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it. How crazy is that? Because you were living in, like, a mansion. So everybody, I was in Sydney for Dancing with the Stars and I had a hotel room, which was a lovely hotel room, the QT in Bondi, but it was a tiny hotel room and I had my baby with me and everything. And as soon as Cass heard that I was there, she was yes. like, oh, I've got this huge house. That's Come it. and stay with me. And I was like... 
well, don't mind if we do. And then we rock up and there's elevators and indoor pools and it's right on the ocean. Paparazzi waiting at the door. You've got to come in a special entrance. My brother, yeah, paparazzi and everything. Yeah. My brother. It's so bizarre. And they were like, wow, you've landed on your feet. And I was like, yes. Yeah, that's right. You know, like <laughs> that's how I got that little mini. Like, you remember the little mini that I had for Dancing with the Stars? That's how I got it, babes. Like, by saying, mm. yeah, my, my friend is moving back to the UK. She's telling her to come up. Yeah, I bought it. That's how I got it. Oh, you danced for your car. That's amazing. But yes, I did. I was in that house, but that was the house that we were building when we separated. So it had to be finished. We had to move yeah. into it. Settlement was happening. That just was where I had to live yeah. when I knew that my life was yeah. never going to be like that. Yeah. I, I, I knew yeah. that was not going to be my life. You didn't even like the house. Yeah. It was almost like, you know, like yeah. painful because. Yes. Yeah, a- it was my home. I always knew yeah. that it was part of something that had ended and was being wrapped up and that I would have a new life and my own life. And I, mm. I really was. When I moved here into my tiny little semi with the kids, I was so excited that for me it was like the end of that. It's yours? It was mine. It was like, yeah, it was just like it was home, you know, and like my girlfriends when they came over, like, you know, honestly. And it's your place. You can do things. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, and it's tiny, but my girlfriends would come in and go, oh, my God, it feels like a home. Your other house didn't feel like a home. I remember we had that conversation. You said, yeah, it was big. And do you feel homely? No, I'm super impressed, but I know what you mean. I, I don't feel like I can imagine living here all the time would feel cold. Yeah. Well, even when I was finishing it, because it was being built, I had to choose everything for it, but I wasn't choosing it for me anymore, which is what I would have done because we owned it, but it was being built. So every choice I then made was what would someone else like? You were planning to sell it. What's going to be the best? What should I do for this that someone else would not like? Not, Not me anymore. It was all for sale. Like it was all to me. It was all to make money for Mike's husband and I to then be able to divide the money. Like, I- yeah, it's such an amazing feeling though when you when you get your own house, like after a separation, yeah. whether it's renting or buying. Like, it's it's incredible. You know, it's just yours. No, I couldn't give up that me time now. Like, people often say, you know, like, don't you want to repart? No, uh-uh. no, not interested. I just, and maybe I will be later, but I just am in the stage where. You know, Rivers about to get his, you know, his license. He's in HSC. I've been parenting for. By the time River finishes HSC, I'll have been parenting for twenty five years. Like next year, it's twenty five years. Well, because it does. This is my new thing. Like we'll have to get you on for the episode we're going to do on this. I don't think parenting ever. It, I mean, it doesn't stop. But I'm finding now, like my husband's got older children than mine, and I'm starting to realise that that post-teen part, the early adulthood, is almost like more risky and more challenging and just a lot more scary than even the teens. You're kind of figuring out who your children are becoming after all those years of parenting them, aren't you? Yeah, some of them, like, adapt to the the world because they're adults really well and they go off and they thrive and they take it in their stride and some of them are like how the fuck do I do this they're calling they don't know how to work Medicare they're like I'm here you know they're old enough that I can go to the pub you know like, yeah, they're old enough to do that but they need like, so much like, guidance yeah. to the world and it's it's really full on we all do we go to the shops without calling a baby we all still need that I still have conversations with my girlfriend like 
you know, I Zoomed with one of my closest friends, Tracy Amor, her husband, we seven years in, in Melbourne. She's one of my closest girlfriends forever. We knew each other in LA. That's where we met because she's American. They now live here. I always still, don't you get guidance from your girlfriends? Like I do. Yeah. I'm like, well, like, you know, that verbal diarrhea mm. that just like, uh, and that's what you need sometimes. So I totally. get it now. You know, kids as they get older need it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The thing with teenagers is that they literally will grab on to one thing you say. So you have to mm-hmm. be so careful. Like, so you know, careful. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then they remind you of that thing that you said, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I feel it now. I feel like I'm being watched. My movements, yeah, and they're being copied." And that monkey see, monkey do. I can Billy Billy Violet will just stare at me. She doesn't have any shame. She's just watching me, and then I knowing how to respond to someone, and it's like, "Oh, I wouldn't do that. I was just doing, babe." Hey, come on, Billy Violet has been watching you for years. I remember sitting there at my place thinking, Billy is watching her mum. She idolises you, yeah, honey. I know. And she fights me too, but you know that threads up. Yeah, I know. Oh, is it like the one that's linked to Facebook? It's linked to Instagram, but um, yeah, I went on to that and I just saw Billy Violet had come up and she'd responded to someone and someone was saying something about the war and Billy Violet was going, what do you mean? Kids... All kids don't deserve to die. And she said, shared screenshots of, you know, these Palestinian oh, kids. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you for fighting, but, um, you know, and for caring and for and, – and she does. She gets that for me. Of course she does. And she also gets a lot of, like, you know, sometimes I go, fuck it, just fuck them. And she gets a bit of that for me as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of our children – what I don't think a lot of people know is that one of your children is the most brilliantly talented musical mm-hmm. genius mm-hmm. that I've ever met. And oh. River is um, – Did you listen to him? Yeah, we've listened to his album. We've listened to his yeah, songs that he sent me. They're so good. You know, when we were in Sydney, Denim and um, River had this little connection because I think River was originally, oh, you know, like – mum's friends they're probably just gonna be like you know mumsy which i am but then den's den's knew all the cool music that river knew and he's come home come back to me and he's like that kid is like a john frusciante who is like the musical genius that played in the chili peppers he's gonna go down in history as one of the greats jackson it's the wrong kid sorry 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 jackson i got the names wrong um (laughs) he's incredible you're not even musical but you've got the musical from Exactly right. Like I am so enamoured by that. I never have music on in the house because I always hope that he might pick up the guitar because I'm so happy when I hear him playing because I couldn't, I can't play. I I mean, I'm clearly probably tone deaf. Like I've got no music. So he's not got that from me at all. Like at all. (laughs) 
No, but he's always had it. Like always yeah. had it. Like you know, he's just been just yeah, born that way. Can he like he's actually very rare. Like even um, John Frusciante, his parents were both opera singers or something. Like every great musician came from a musical family. It's just their musical privilege. Yeah. Whereas that's why this is so mm. like cool and so different. And yeah, I think it's amazing mm. what you what you doing and who they're becoming yeah, that's super cool we found a um we were on the hunt recently for a vintage japanese something guitar electric something from the i think the 60s it was like we were like looking everywhere finally found it in brisbane it needs a little bit of work but it's super cool so yeah he's into really yeah. even the instruments he wants to try and play on which change your sound like it's super cool and what's river up to he's learning to drive yeah, he's learning to drive. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, another hundred and twenty hours for me. Like when I when I hang hang up the the shotgun sitting next to someone, I'll be so excited. Oh my it's like god, I'm no day, longer the shotgun one is in the off. car. Yeah, you know, it's like um, oh. oh yeah, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot of hours. And in Sydney, it's not. I mean, it's often stressful. Oh my god! In the Sydney traffic, I don't think I could do it. How are you keeping like so many times? That? I've just thought, oh, I wish I could just drive. Like, we need to get to volleyball. We need to get to sport. <laughs> yeah, we, gotta be we need to get to something. Let them I'm just like, I just want to, you know, yeah. no, you're sitting there for another. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's kind of like when you go to cut up the carrots. It's just so fucking draining. You just don't <laughs> want to do it. Yeah, but the conversations you have with them, it's probably what has cemented my relationship with my children because I refuse to be their friend. They can have plenty of friends in life. They only get one mother. I mean, you know, so. That's what I said last night. I'm not your best friend. I'm your mother. And you know what? Something we were just saying before <laughs> we officially started was we all have this theory that putting your kids in the car with you is when they open up with you. And and I heard a psychiatrist tell me once that getting your kids in the car with you will help them open up if you ever need them to and going for a long drive because you get in this sort of brain pattern and, and the rhythm of the moving. And I really believe that. But Cass said something really poignant before. And she added something to that about them not having to look at you. They don't want to look in the eyes. They don't want to yep. look in your yeah. eyes when they're so having they're looking at doing other things while you're talking. It's great. And they don't want you looking at them, you know. They just, everyone's yeah. looking ahead and they then the things they want to say. Not only the conversation with parents when you're learning stuff, but when you pick them up and they've got friends in the back or, you know, they might have had a few drinks or a little edible or something and you're getting some good <laughs> you're getting some good stories out of them and you're finding out what's really going on in their friendship group, car time. And, Cass, I'm loving your hair longer. You look so beautiful. I mean, you're beautiful before, you're beautiful with any haircut, but it looks gorgeous. Thank you. I'm just lazy. I just do a home <laughs> colour. And we like, all? Go to the hairdresser. Oh, did you touch on dating before? Was I did I did hear you say that you're really happy as you are, but it cut out a little bit. And I'm not sure if you meant as in not seeing anyone. Like, are you are you happy to not see anyone at the moment, or have you met anyone? Yeah, yeah. I really just want to get through. Well, I've got so much I wanted to learn. Like I was saying about you know all my changes in like career, and I'm super happy where I am now, working back in the aged care sector, and enjoying it a lot. You know, Willow's gone overseas, River's doing HSC, Jackson's super settled with his music. I just feel quite content in myself. Like, I mean, if I met someone who was a great person. Compared to when I last saw you, what's that dancing with the stars time? There's a real calmness about you now and you just look really content and I can feel it. Probably because you're not getting attacked every yeah. day by the media. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you look really content. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, life's good, you know. Yeah, and it does get hard to compromise that, doesn't it? It's like if you met someone, oh, yeah. I don't know, like men either get, as men get older, they either get pathetic or controlling, you know what I mean? Like you've got to, you're either going to mother him or he's going to father you. It's like, mm. oh, you want either of them? Maybe I'm selfish now. I don't want to look after him. That's anyone. what happens when you spend a couple of years on your own. <laughs> I've had, you know, seven years of single parenting. And you don't want to, you know, spend all this time caring for your kids and then have to care for someone else. No. Like I just want to, you know, I want to decide things for myself. Like what do I want to do? Like what's my bucket list stuff what's that about and what are they is there anything on the bucket list that you're gonna have to do soon i want to win a bago by the time i'm 60 i want to be traveling around australia in a awesome. Winnebago. that's my dream i oh, so awesome so true. true. You have yeah. to stay in Mud River yeah. for a little while when you come when you come there. Mm. Absolutely. I'll come meet you up north. I really yeah, want to amazing. go up north and do like the top end of Western Australia and the Northern Territory. That yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, that'd be so nice, wouldn't it? One of my favourite places ever that I went, it was my divorce present to myself. I went to sell sellers at WA. Oh, yeah, that looks was it amazing. You know, the yeah, it was incredible. Like so Amazing. How long did you stay for? Only two nights. Like it's. I think I remember you telling yeah. me that it's it's a really spiritually amazing place. Yeah, like all the sands pink and all the rocks are pink and like oh my god, it was incredible. Wow, yeah, it was a huge part of my healing. Guys, let's all go do one or two nights. Yeah, it was super great. Before we wrap this interview up, have you got any advice for anyone who is in the fucking throes of it and getting, you know, backlash and getting like the media is just hounding them? Any advice on the best way? You know how like PR often say, don't, you know, if you ignore it, it'll go away. What was that saying? Like today's news is tomorrow's fish and chip paper. That sort of stuff. <laughs> I love it. You know, yeah. then there's other people that go, no, say your bit yourself like have you got any advice that you know you've trialed and tested after receiving years and years and years of media fucking persecution what would you give someone that was in it wow con like you could have given me some advice like you know that like let's uh, let's unwrap that <laughs> onion shall we you know like, all the layers yeah, yeah true yeah, the layers, like seriously, it's like, wow. I mean, that's a really big one, isn't it? Because that's what we were talking about earlier. Like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But I honestly still think, and the only kind of reason I've kept my social media going is part of that. It's like if I ever needed to defend myself again, that is probably as as much as social media would go with the teens, it's like, you know, oh, my God, you know, they're all just, they do the same thing. They post their, I don't know, pretty dress and their whatever. But for us, it is the one avenue that we have to reach people. Direct. And to kind of, and your people. There's someone who follows you, they're your people. They're mm -hmm. our people, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're people who you know believe in you if you tell one person something they tell one person tells one person you've got a hundred people right so if you reach those people and it, you know and defend yourself with them that person will defend you hopefully in an ideal world but i think that's probably going to the media to try and defend yourself it just doesn't work yeah i think you're very right there because they're going to put whatever spin they want on it and something that you said earlier as well before we were recording i think which was um yeah it's very much in line with what you just said like your people your friends your family the people that know you that's what's real 
and that's what matters more than the people that just would they're kind of going to hate you anyway like I reckon I have a theory that the media isn't really going to be able to change someone's mind about you they could help build original perceptions if someone loved you before and the media is hounding you they're not going to stop loving you and if someone hated you before you're not going to be able to change their mind about hating you as well absolutely yes absolutely and you know they love to cut someone down like it's the tall poppy syndrome here in Australia. Like we still, when I lived in America, like it was amazing that they don't have that culture of yeah. cutting someone down because of their success. We still do that here. It's yeah, so weird. weird. And this is like on the Willow thing, like them trying to cut her down, she's achieved something. She's gotten into a university, into a course that worldwide, like I said, 20% acceptance rate. She's done super well but cutting her down. Let's celebrate each other, people. You know, like, let's go. Yeah, and, and even if she's living a great life, let's be happy for that. Let's be happy yeah. for that. Like, uh, yeah, you know, Australian media's got a long woman. way to go, hey? She lined up at university the other day to do a survey because it was a five pounds, if you, five pounds at the canteen if you did the survey. So <laughs> really, that's what Willow's real life looks like. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. She's lined yeah. up for that survey. <laughs> yeah, that's the real person. That wasn't on Instagram. Because <laughs> she's 18. But no one puts that on Instagram. We don't. We don't put it when our card declines. We don't put it on Instagram. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> declined again. Instagram works. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Just let, just let me try the other one. Oh, wait, I'll transfer some money. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I'll just yeah. come back later. Do you know the checkout chick said to me the other day? She goes, it happens like 20 times a day. Don't worry. <laughs> On that, what you were just saying about how Australian media cuts and we cut people down, there's also a lot of like what we do and we don't even know it, but like I've been really looking into the way that I talk to my kids and if my kid goes, oh, you know, this girl's so perfect, she's got everything, she's got the best clothes, she's got this and that, I will say something like, oh, well, like her parents really bought her, you know, or do you know what I mean? I will say things that aren't necessarily bitchy, but just to try and make yeah, my children right. feel better about themselves and to stop comparing themselves to each other. And I think I need to stop doing that. I actually need to go, yeah, she does have amazing style. You need to get an inspo board of the clothes that you would get if you could. Do you know what I mean? Like rather than I think I need to watch that language. We do need to watch that language because we get defensive, right? We've got to watch it. Like my thing with Willow was, A, it was like you do you right? Like you do yeah, you, don't exactly. worry about the noise because yeah. when you get into the real world, you, you're going to want to be with your people, which is like at high school, you're not with your people. You're going to be yeah. with your people later. You're going to make connections. You'll be with your people. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I would say to Willow is if you open your mouth and what comes out of it is not freaking interesting or educated or thought about, doesn't matter how beautiful you are, the impression you've made is gone. Oh, yeah. You can see a beautiful woman, but if what comes out of their mouth is like, you know, something that's like, you've got to be able to back it up, people, you know? Mm, that's so true. That's the, the Toltec wisdom, the four agreements. They say you need to be impeccable with your word. And I really mm. believe that because I believe language matters. And I believe like what we say matters. And you're allowed to have a vent and all the rest of it. But yeah, you really do need to. I mean, in today's day and age, everything's being fucking recorded anyway. Isn't oh, it? So, so true. true. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and words are powerful. Words are powerful and words can be, you know, very hurtful. We also have to remember that, you know, so when people write. And you can't take them back once they're Yeah, saying. that's right. But if you write about someone and write something awful or you say something awful about someone, like it's then out there. It's in yeah. the ether. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
yeah, we yeah. all need to remember that it's not difficult. If you have nothing nice to say, that old adage, say nothing at all, that's yeah. not that hard to do. You know, like turn the conversation con in the conversation with you, you know, Billy, like when she says that, with Billy Violet says, you know, you just kind of change it to something about her. I love that you're doing this and I love this that you're doing with that. Like keep it on what she was talking about, but we we don't need to yeah, say something negative to defend. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even if it doesn't feel yeah. like it's itchy, it can still be dismissive or redu- reductive of the other person. And I think that plays a role too. Yeah. When it comes to going through lots of huge life events with your children, around like you've maintained such a close relationship with your children through having gone through things that most people wouldn't go through but a lot of people go through there's still something relatable about it. and you've done it in the yeah public as well. and I know a lot of people say to me oh you know yes, I, I keep my kids completely out of it don't tell anything just continually give them like to say everything's great and everything's fine me i sort of am kind of more honest with my kids because I'm like you're old enough to kind of understand and you know because you're seeing it like I don't want to patronize mm. you by maintaining that close relationship you have with your children, have you had to kind of like open up to them about things that you wouldn't have usually or have you managed to keep them protected from it? It's interesting. There's been a couple of times like Willow when she was moving to London, like she came down and she had this photo album which was in her room because I got her to clear it so River can go upstairs now into the attic which he can't fit under the shower because he's six foot three and a half and the shower head fits him here. He's <laughs> a crouched ah. in. <laughs> She brings this photo album and she said she was wanting to start a conversation but didn't quite know how, you know, and it was a it was a photo album of like her parents, my ex-husband and I. It was our, part of our wedding photos. It started the conversation about, you know, Willow, you guys were born out of love. Like just because that's not the situation later, it doesn't mean that that wasn't the case. So, yes, I open up mm. to them if I have something positive to say. If I don't, I've left it alone because guess what? Kids see everything. They know who you are. They know who their other parent is. We have to remember that it, nothing needs to be said because they're watching all the and time. They, you they know? figure like, it out in the end as well, don't they? Well, yeah, the you, even the way your body reacts to something, if something happens and you react, like they see all of that. They know. Like, it's already hard enough. I was really lucky. My parents really respected each other, even though they weren't in love. And so I got that Mm. warmth of knowing that, you know, my mum would say something about how my dad was such an incredible talent and my dad would say how gorgeous my mum was. And I love that. And I do Mm. feel guilty that I don't really have that sort of, I mean, I try. I try and pull on the small positives of the past and and talk about them. Anyway, fascinating stuff. The kids are older now. They have their own relationship. You know, I don't need, you know what I mean? Like it gets easier, Con, <laughs> is what I was trying to say. It's easier. It easier. Just do you, boo. Yeah, right. Just survive every Just day. Just keep everyone alive for now. That's it. <laughs> I'm alive for another week, guys. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Con. Thanks for listening to another episode of To Be Frank. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, be sure to click follow. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we explore more interesting topics and people from all over the world.